Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. There are seasons and times of lives that afford us not the opportunity to be here. So when we're here, I'm thankful. Amen. When we're here, I'm grateful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's, let's hasten to the word of the Lord this morning. The book of John, chapter number 4. I would say uh, that we're glad to have our guests with us this morning, but they family, they're not guests. Either way, we're glad to have them here. Let's give them a good hand today. We love and appreciate Brother Anthony and Sister Judy uh, very much. Always, always a privilege when they're here. I do apologize. I believe it was this season last year that you had to put up with me. So uh, I, I don't know if that's a yearly tradition or what's going on, but I'll apologize in advance. The book of John, chapter number 4, verse number 23. The Bible says, if you're there, say amen. If you're watching for the screen, say amen. There's a few honest people here this morning. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit, and in truth, you know, I was just thinking as I was reading this, I have heard Bishop read this verse so many times in my life that whenever I read it, I hear his voice. I don't hear John, I hear Bishop. Amen. For the Father seeketh who? Such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him two different ways, in spirit and in truth. Don't leave off those last three words. There's a lot of people that worship in spirit. There's churches full this morning in Wabash County worshiping in spirit. There's churches full all across this nation and they're worshiping in spirit. They even believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But if you're not worshiping in spirit and in truth. And I would say this morning, according to the word of God, you're not worshiping. We worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's lift our hands one more time and ask the Lord to help us today. God, we thank you. We're thankful, Lord, for your abundance of your grace and your mercy. We're thankful, Lord, that you've afforded us the breath of life one more time. We're thankful, God, that you've given us this opportunity to be in your house today to worship you. Draw us closer to you today. Draw us closer to you today. God, I want to close this year. This is our last service of 2019, Lord. I want to close this year today having worshipped you. Having been in your presence, God, 
I want to hear something from you today to make my next year even better. In the name of Jesus, amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning, and I promise you it won't take any longer than what it needs to. Some of you get that after lunch. But I want to talk to you on this subject today. The time is now. Time is now. Worship. It's more than a buzzword. I, I, will, I will tell you at the onset of, of this today that uh, I, I'm, I might be a bit confrontational. Because change doesn't come without confrontation. But I feel like I'm in the Word of God this morning. Worship is more than a buzzword that we say to get people to lift their hands. Worship is, by definition, adoring reverence or worth-ship is one way to reference it. It's everything you think, everything you say, everything you do. Let me tell you something, you, you don't have to worship God to worship. You can worship your car, you can worship your job, you can worship money, you can worship your retirement fund, you can worship your children. Amen. I'm not saying don't love, but anything you put before God, you are making that your idol, and thus it becomes something, an object that you worship. You can worship yourself. Well, now, Brother Mason, I would never do that. If you care more about you than you do him, you're worshiping you. Everything we do, think, say, revealing that which we treasure the most in life. That's worship. Worship is the submission of all our nature to something. Hopefully it's God. And for the purposes of our session this morning, we're we're talking about worshiping God. But I want to be clear this morning that if you're not worshiping God, you are probably worshiping something. Worship is not a hand clap. Worship is not the lifting of your hands entirely. Because I can lift my hands. And right now in this moment, I'm not worshiping. I could pause and put the microphone down. And I can clap my hands. And the clap of my hands in this moment, I was not worshiping. So to merely come to church doesn't make you a Christian. Any more than me parking in my driveway and saying that I'm a limousine. It doesn't change the nature of who I am. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. 
Clapping your hands does not mean that you worshiped God. In order to worship God, our, our, our self, our response must be submitted to something. And in our pursuit of worshiping God, we must be submitted to God. Now, when I am submitted to God, there are times in my life I'm not submitted to God. That might be a newsflash for some of you. For some of you, it's probably not. But I'm not submitted to God 24-7. And if you are, I'd like to talk to you after church so you, you can share the formula with me and we can get a few things right. I'm not submitted to Him every day of my life. There are times He speaks. I don't listen, Brother Mike Trout. There's times he says something I don't obey. I'm simply not submitted to him all the time. In order for me to submit to him, I have to surrender. And in the act of surrendering, what that means is I have to give God something that is more important to me than myself. In surrendering to God, my response, both personally and corporately, to God is for who He is, what He has done, and it is expressed in the things that we say and how we live. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, worship is not an act. Worship is a lifestyle. And if you don't develop a lifestyle of worship, you will constantly find yourself in your walk with God up and down, up and down, up and down. The reason why I can still trust Him today is because I worship Him. Bishop referenced uh, uh, a good doctor's appointment, and I won't go into all of that. I've, I've touched a few things here and there in the last year or so, maybe someday I'll give my, my full testimony. But before that occurrence happened, I'll tell you that the very last words that I said was, God, I trust you. No knowledge of what was about to follow, Sister Margaret. The last words when Pastor prayed for me that morning before I went into surgery, the last words were, I trust you. And I can tell you today, I still trust him. I trust Him because I worship Him. I trust Him because somebody taught me in my life that worship is something that I live. Worship is not just an act that I perform on Sundays and Wednesdays. Worship is who I should be. If it is the time that the true worshipers worship, then that is defining the people, not their actions. We get praise and worship confused. Praise is what we're doing this morning. Worship has to be how I live, how I conduct my life. Can people look at me out there and think that I'm a Christian and think that I'm apostolic and think that I'm holy without me ever saying a word? That's worship. Can people think that about me after I've said a word? David, our psalmist worship leader, I think was on to something in Psalm 8 and 3 when he said, when I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, 
the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. David had a lot of time to think about the bigness of God. Just think about it for a moment. David was a shepherd. He was tending sheep. He was feeding sheep. He was protecting sheep. He was moving sheep. He was carrying sheep. He might have even been shearing sheep. But 24-7, David was tending and protecting and watching the sheep. He's catering to all things sheep. But in his downtime, when, when the sheep were asleep and when the sheep were not trying to stray and when he didn't have to break a sheep's leg to keep them from walking off the hillside somewhere and killing themselves, David was somewhere off on the, on the distance writing songs and giving praise and worship to God because that was his life. Humans tend to worship what is seen, and often what appeals to our emotion. Thus, the problem with humanity. The one thing that separates the apostolic Pentecostal church from most churches, forget about for a moment, Forget about holiness. We're not talking one God doctrine. We're not talking about baptism right now. The one thing that separates us, other than those core disciplines, is people come to our church and they expect and want to feel something. Because we are driven by emotion. All of that's good and great whenever you're on the receiving end of God. And all of that's good and great because I believe that He is a real God and the Holy Ghost is present with us and that what we feel is His divine presence. I believe all of that. Not talking against it this morning. So please don't misunderstand me. But the problem with this in our human tendency is that when the emotional feel is gone, we stop worshiping. It is possible to come to an apostolic church and not feel anything. And the number one reason I personally believe, this is Mason chapter 5, book 2, the reason why I believe that's possible is because we're human. It's not always that there's even sin present. It it doesn't even necessarily mean that you've made a mistake or done something wrong. But there are seasons of life that change. Life doesn't stay the same for 75 years or 80 years. Everything changes. For some of us, it seems to change daily. Others, it might change every two or three years. But there's a season. There's an ebb and flow to life. And sometimes I feel Him real good. And quite honestly, sometimes I just don't feel Him. I have been on this platform, symbolically speaking, over the last over 20 years with Bishop. And I have, Bishop, I have played music when I didn't feel a thing. And sometimes that was at a moment when all of you did. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, what's wrong with me? 
Because everybody else is shouting and huckabucking, hanging off the ceiling fans and twirling. Everything's great. Life is grand. People getting delivered. I'm playing music for three hours. Not a thing but sweat. The taste of salt running down my cheek. That's all I felt. There's been times that it has been reversed. There have been times that I thought I couldn't stand here. Sit now. I'm getting older. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But there have been times that I thought I couldn't stand His presence because it was so strong. And some of you were in that season of life where, what got into him? What's he feeling that I'm not? Right? It happens. But what we have to be careful of is when you're going through that valley, you will never find your deliverance if you stop your worship when you don't feel him. Not all traditionalism is bad. I need, a, I need a tradition of worship in my life that whether I feel Him or not, I'm worshiping Him. Let me tell you something. His worth is not predicated on what I feel. So if I don't feel Him, He's still worth it. If I don't feel anything today, He is still worth it. Somebody shout hallelujah. So we, we have to recognize today. Lord, I'm not, I'm not getting very far. We have to recognize today that humans have a tendency to worship based on emotion. And that that's okay. But just remember, don't stop worshiping just because you don't feel something. That's, that's what you have to take away from that today. The golden calf to the children of Israel. The, the golden calf represented Egyptian fertility. It was a cult. It was a fertility cult. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God all by Himself provided everything they needed. He gave them food to eat. When they said we're thirsty, He gave them drink. When they were cold, He gave them fire. When they were hot, He gave them cloud. Everything they needed, God gave it to them. But watch the man of God that's leading them disappear on the side of a mountain for 40 days. And they're no longer hearing from God. And they're stranded by themselves. Watch this now. Now, because the emotion is gone, and now because the present word is gone, they went seeking after something for themselves. So they reject God's promises, and they chose to bow to an idol that falsely gave them a sense of control. Idol worshipers believe that God has to be manipulated in order to respond. That's the danger of getting flesh involved in your worship. Let me break it down a little differently. 
We cannot afford to worship God to receive something. It is a danger to worship. Matter of fact, I'll tell you this morning, and I told you I'd be a bit confrontational, and I don't want to be rude today, but I think by the Word of God we need to confront a few things. And that is, I don't worship God for my healing. Manipulative thinking is, I got a bad report from the doctor, I'm going to go get prayer tonight and worship. That's manipulation thinking. Because that's thinking that I I can manipulate God with my worship and I can get a response from Him. That's dangerous. I don't come to church because I'm afraid of going to hell. I come to church because I love Him. I don't worship God because I'm afraid of Him. I worship God because I love Him. Amen. I don't worship Him to get something from Him. I worship Him because whether I receive or not, whether I wake up tomorrow or not, whether He heals me ever again in my life or not, it doesn't take away, it doesn't subtract from Him. He's God alone. Now I believe, Bishop, I believe bad report at the doctor, I can come to church and I can get prayer and God can touch me. But not because I've all of a sudden woken up to say, I think I'm going to respond. I've got to be willing to worship Him when I don't have a problem. And if I'm not willing to worship Him when I don't have a problem, then when I do have a problem and I respond, that's not worship. That's manipulation. And that's what idol worshipers do. And if if God responds to you in that, it's not because of your worship, it's because of His mercy. He's a personal God. He's not a dead piece of wood. He's not the only God among many. The true God that we worship is very different. He's not the God of stars. He's not the God of the moons. There are some cultures around the globe that's got thousands of gods. They've got a God of wind, fire, smoke. He is the God. He is the Creator. He's a holy God. And He's not manipulated by rituals. We we may never come, may we never come, to the place where joy and the wonder and the enthusiasm goes out of our worship. Because we've lost emotion. I can, I, can get a, I can get all excited. I can get nine kinds of excited about something I'm emotional about, something I believe in. That's why they tell you in, in, in sales training, don't ever try to sell something you don't believe in yourself because there's no enthusiasm. You can pick those salesmen out pretty quick whenever they, they give you the pitch and they're just quoting the paragraph, but they really don't care. Well, how does this vacuum cleaner work? Well, I don't know. I've never tried it. You obviously don't care too much. 
right? You've got to believe in it. And if I believe in him enough, then I've got somewhere in there I should have some enthusiasm. Because we should, we should come to church with the idea. Now, there should be a group of people in the church that don't do this. I'll explain. But we, the church, should come to church with enthusiasm and a mind of worship. There should always be people in our congregation, if we're doing our jobs right, that don't. Because they haven't grown to that level yet. But why is it that some people that, that visit our assembly, and before I say this and before anybody throws tomatoes at me, every church that I've ever been associated with is this way. We're not weird, we're not different, we're just normal. But why is it that visitors can come and demonstrate more enthusiasm than we do? And I think the answer lies in worship. If we lose the flavor of our worship simply because we're not feeling what we used to feel, then when someone comes in searching and looking, it don't take much for them to get excited. I can remember a Thanksgiving service at the second church. I don't remember what year it was. But I remember a Thanksgiving service, community service that we held there. And I remember several churches in that community coming. And I can remember us singing. I, I, rem I do remember one particular, one or two songs that I, I think I remember that we sang that night. And uh, I didn't feel anything. Put it a different way, I felt nothing. <laughs> nothing. You could have poured water on me and it would have been more refreshing. I felt nothing. And if I'm honest with you today, Brother Terry, because I felt nothing, I probably didn't worship the way I should have. And because I felt nothing, I might have had my mind on the next day's turkey. I don't know. I'm just saying it's possible. But there was a couple, I don't, even, I, I don't even know that I remember what they looked like, but there was a couple there, and they hung around after dismissal. We had a good crowd that night, good community crowd, good church crowd, a good home crowd. After most everybody left the church, this couple was still hanging around on this back left side from the platform, talking to a few people from our, from our church, and, and, and was, was talking about how much, how overwhelmingly they felt the presence of God. I left convicted. I thought, dear God, here we claim to have truth. Here we claim to know you. Here we claim to be your people. And we've got visitors in that aren't Jesus' name baptized that aren't filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, that don't demonstrate a holy life of living for you according to the Word of God. I know that sounds judgmental, but I'm talking about from the, from the viewpoint of the Word, the, the, that, that you, would, you would not think that, and they felt more of your presence than I did. 
Because they weren't used to it. They hadn't lost the emotion. They hadn't been numbed to the music. They hadn't been numbed to the tradition. They hadn't been numbed to the lifting of the hands to the point that now it no longer has meaning. Somebody say amen. Amen. heard people complain in my lifetime <clears throat> I even said a few of these as a kid <clears throat> are we going to church again are they really asking us to stand up one more time let me tell you something we not to stand in enough up folks that there is that's not good grammar but there, there's folks out there that stand up more than we do I've been to one or two of them for weddings, and they'll wear you out. Let me tell you something. I say this with respect this morning. I say this with love. But if you've got the again attitude, you've lost your direction of worship. We are to worship the Lord with enthusiasm, not weariness. The word enthusiasm, I've got to move on here. The word enthusiasm comes from the Greek root word. I'll not try to pronounce it this morning. Greek is not in my repertoire. But it means possessed by God and inspired. Enthusiasm. The root word of enthusiasm comes from a word that says possessed by God. So if we are, if we lose, Lord help me today. If we lose our enthusiasm, could it mean that we've lost our God possession? It's a dangerous place to not have a feeling of want to worship. We need to maintain the wonder of worship and know that we're in th- when we're in this house, the, the, the God that sanctioned this house, that anointed this house, that connects with us here every time we show up is the creator of the universe. My, that's, that's big if you'll stop and think about it. That's pretty big. There was a congregation that decided to have four worship services every Sunday. There was one for those with new faith, there was another service for those who liked traditional worship. There was one for those who had lost their faith and liked to get it back. And there was another for those that had bad experiences with churches and were complaining about it. They had a name for each service. It was called Finders, Keepers, Losers, Weepers. It's dangerous, I'm telling you. It's dangerous to fall into the trap of life that your enemy, the deceiver of your soul, wants to just lull you to sleep. It's not necessary anymore. I don't like him, so I'm not worshiping. I don't like the person singing. That's a narrow group around here, so I'll be careful. But I don't like the person who's singing, so I'm not worshiping. You're not hurting the person who's singing. You just put a wedge between you and God. 
And if that's your definition of worship, redefine yourself. Worship is about Him. The song is about Him. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard everything being involved with music in this church and out of this church. I, I get My family and I, we get invited to go various places to play and sing, to teach, to do different things, be participated in different events, and I hear all kinds of things. And, and I, I've heard it, Bishop, from running from the extreme right of you don't sing enough hymnals to the extreme left of you sing too many, let's do something a little more modern. And there's one thing I have learned over the last 20 years specifically in my life and my walk with God is that it doesn't matter. Because the people who complain about modern songs don't worship anymore when you sing them. And the people who complain because there's not enough hymnals don't worship anymore when you sing a hymnal. It's not about the style. It's not about the song. It's not about whether or not you like Southern Gospel. Or I don't know whatever else. Contemporary, modern, whatever label you put on it. I don't care what label you put on it. I like them all. And there's some I don't like. We sing those too. You know why? What would ever possess me to sing a song that I don't personally like because the song's not about me? The song's not about you. The song is about us corporately worshiping Him. Amen. There is an undeniable flow of power in worship. The God we worship knows all about you. He knows about your failures. He knows about your shortcomings. He knows about your insecurities. He knows about your besetting sins and your fears. There is power in worshiping God. And if we want to see a breakthrough in our life and in the lives of others, let me rephrase, we will not see a breakthrough in our life and in the life of others if we do not worship God. Because the Bible even tells us, it wasn't part of my scripture this morning, but the Bible even tells us that if, if we don't, that He would cause the, the rocks to wake up, grow lips, and start praising Him. Now you could take that figuratively, or you can take it literally. It, it, it makes no difference to me. Either way, the point of the, of the message is, He's going to have somebody who worships Him. <coughs> So let me give you a brief declaration this morning. I cannot worship God for you. It's hard enough for me to maintain a worship lifestyle myself without having to try to do it for you. You can't worship God for me. You have to worship God yourself. God wants us to rise up. God wants to help us. But I believe God will only help those that will try to help themselves. And sometimes our help comes through worship. He can strengthen us in prayer. He can make sense of things. You know where I got my answer of who I needed to marry? It's in worship.
was in a worship service. Actually, it was during a preaching service, and there was a time and a season of worship during it where, where Pastor Jason Sisko was preaching at camp meeting 1992. And in that season of worship, God told me who I was supposed to marry. And we still broke up afterwards. But the end result, I got my answer. I knew what I needed to do. I knew what was supposed to happen. We'd get more answers from God sometimes if we would stop trying to barter with Him and just simply worship Him. Devotion to Him. Worship changes lives. The reason why we have seen people in this church healed is because of worship. The reason we have seen people in this church standing at a pew, no one ever lay hands on them and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost is because they were worshiping. And because there were people around them that set an atmosphere of worship. Lest we worship, we'll die. Worship is not resigned to the ministry. Worship is not reserved for singers. Worship is not reserved for leadership. Worship is not reserved for Sunday school teachers. Every husband ought to be leading his family in worship. Come on, Adam, get some guts. Every husband ought to be leading it. I feel the Holy Ghost now. Every husband ought to be leading his family in worship. If your wife is leading you in worship, you're not where your God calling is. You need to lead your family, sir. There's power in worship. Power in worship. When we stand before God, we'll have little excuse. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by life, and our only real way out is to worship. Several years ago, now, at that moment, it felt, like, it felt like an eternity. But It's been several years ago that I was going through um, a particular job situation that only about maybe two or three people in this congregation even have uh, a clue of what the details really were. But it was in January of 2010. I thought, Bishop, I thought I was about to lose my mind. I was about to have, I was probably the closest I had ever been to a nervous breakdown. <clears throat> and it was a weekend that Pastor Luke St. Clair was here. And I knelt down at this altar over here, at the altar service. And I was so exasperated in my spirit and in my body, I, I didn't even really even know what to say. But I was trying to kneel in worship and surrender to God. Brother St. Clair came over and he didn't, he didn't say, thus saith God. He didn't say, behold, saith the Lord. But he walked over, he put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, God, I want you to give my friend 
some rest. It was all he said, Bishop. I want you to give my friend some rest. And he walked away. Less than a week went by. I no longer had a job. I won't go into all the details for the sake of time. But Andrew knows he was there with me. Was that the way that I wanted to get rest? No. Because that turn of events put me into another chapter and season of life that we had to figure out how to navigate. You want to know how we survived? Worship. We survived worship. Bills were paid because of worship. Life was... I think I ate better in that 10 months than I did when I had a job. Because of worship. A man by the name of John Dixon was a man who faced an oppressive cloud of difficulty. He operated a Christian bookstore. And he went through a terrible financial crisis. Here's his testimony of how God broke through in his life. He said, sometimes we just have to tell our soul what to do. Our soul does not always feel like praising God. As I praised Him as an act of my will, my spirit began to awaken inside me. As my soul began to line up with my proclamations, a flow of anointing began to be released. The oppressive cloud would lift and the presence of God would come into my store. Over time, my business turned around. And I knew it was not because of me, it was the Lord. He turned my business around because I praised Him in the hard place. As we prepare to close this year, I want to challenge us today to praise God in the hard place. Let's make together 2020 a breakthrough year by praising God in the hard place. Would you stand with me today? The time to worship is now. There is no other time. God wants us to succeed. God wants us to thrive. He wants us to be strong. But the only way that we will face those things is if we praise Him in the hard place. Would you lift your hands right now? And would you begin to call on the name of the Lord together? God, I I commit to you today. I commit to you today. I'm I'm not done with my notes, but I'm, I'm stopping here because the time is now to worship. I want us to spend a season in worship. If you're more comfortable worshiping Him up in the front, then you are, you are free and welcome to come up here. But let's just spend some time here, hands lifted, mouth open. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. God, I magnify You. Lord, I need You in my life. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.